while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices talk radio show, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. Last week, we spoke with Andrea Miller, and she is back because... The world is turning and moving ahead, and PeopleDemandingAction.org, which she founded, has a great deal to do with what's going on in our world. So let me reintroduce, for those who are joining us perhaps for the first time, Andrea Miller, a former congressional candidate to represent Virginia's 4th District. Andrea Miller is both founder of People Demanding Action and its IT director. Andrea Miller was the Democratic nominee in 2008 for the House of Representatives in the Virginia's 4th District, running on a Medicare for All and clean energy platform. Andrea was endorsed, by the way, by PDA, California Nurses, and the Sierra Club. A lot has happened within the last seven days since we last had a radio chat. Hello, Andrea. How are you? That's right. And this week got another win. This is really exciting. Yes, yes. So, exactly how did we go from a December 5th deadline to vacate to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers pulling the easement for the gas company? What happened? Said no, we don't want 
You know, I, I, I'm wondering, since you, you're making a, a great analogy here, I, I'm just wondering if uh, Bismarck, the capital of North Dakota, if I remember from high school. Yes, um, yes. Well, I don't understand if, if one community says no and the pipeline acquiesces and then they move to another community and that community says no and they ignore them. Can you enlighten us? Uh, what's the difference? Yes. is sexist and it is 
Yes. It's both. It's the belief that I am powerful. I am white. You cannot tell me no. And that also, uh, not to get too much off the subject of this great victory in the Dakotas for the Sioux tribe there and their uh, sacred land and clean water, but is this not also an approach to uh, companies that build compressors for pipelines or when there there needs to be a a structure, a building uh, that pollutes the air, they put it in poorer neighborhoods, which brings up climate injustice. It's not just climate change, but climate change has within it uh, a component of climate injustice. Can you make that connection for us? Oh, and and again, that is the same type of connection, or it is the powerful coming into an area of what they deem to be the powerless and saying, this is what we're going to do, and we don't care what you think about it. Hmm. And just where is the federal government in all this? I mean, I sometimes I guess it is the federal government, but... Uh, um, and, and, and sometimes it isn't. Yes. So again, remember the Dakota Access Pipeline, tribal lands are tied up with the federal government. Mm. You have the Bureau of Land Management, and you have the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and you have the Department of the Interior. Yes. They are all intermixed in the management, as it were, of tribal lands. Now, when you look at poor communities where, uh, like Prince George's County, Maryland, where it is predominantly African American, Mm -hmm. they wanted to build um, one of these incinerators. Mm. And in this incinerator, they were going to be burning everything, including things with lead-based paint in it. They were going to be burning poultry waste, all types of things that have been proven to give off toxic waste. Mm. And certain things, when combined, to literally create the equivalent of Agent Orange. So, normally... Builders, corporations, look for vulnerable communities where they come in and they say, hi, we're going to create jobs. Mm. Now, in reality, they may create anywhere from 50 to 100 jobs. Mm. However, they are now endangering the health of the entire community. Mm. So they, A, take advantage of the fact that the community may not understand all of the health hazards that this new, quote, job-making enterprise is going to bring. Mm. And they also take advantage of the fact that they have no intention of hiring people from the local community to do any of the good management jobs. Yes. These people are all going to come from the outside, and they are all going to make a point of living somewhere else. Mm. So one question that every community should ask when they are offered an incinerator or any other um, building of this type mm-hmm. is, who will your executive management be? How many of them will be living in this community? 
And if the mm. answer is none, run. Well, yes, I see. Hmm. Uh, I, okay, I got you. What do you say? I know we, I don't think we've talked about this specific point before, but I want to ask because so much is again has happened since we talked last week. But uh, what are, what do you say to people who say pipelines underground are safer than sending toxic chemicals by rail because trains? I don't know. What do you say? Trains explode. Yes. Um, but but again, trains explode. But we, we see the explosion and we know where the problem is. Mm. Pipelines leak. And if they're underground, we may not even be aware mm. of the problem yeah. for days, weeks, or months. At which point, these toxic chemicals are leaching into the ground and potentially the groundwater. So, again... We have the question, is it better to be shot in the face or shot in the back mm, of the head? Mm, mm. When there is no option to not be shot at all. Yes. Well, uh, so, that break, yes. You know, it, it, it's, keep it in the ground. There is a reason why these toxic fossil fuels must be left alone. Number one, they are part of the balance of what forms the earth. Mm. And we don't know how much we can extract before we upset that balance Mm. that forms the earth's core, number one. Number two, we have other sources of energy that are clean and are renewable. Mm -hmm. Why are we messing around in the 21st century with this old 20th century technology? We are not still riding horses to work. We are driving cars. Mm -hmm. Why are we not embracing electricity? Why are we not embracing solar? People can put solar panels on their roofs. They can generate their own electricity. And if they are frugal, they can sell it back into the grid with net metering. Why are we married to technology that is dangerous and inefficient. It would seem that one of these two problems, danger and efficiency, would be enough to make us seek other solutions. There is no desire to seek other solutions because of, drumroll please, corporate greed. So the answer to your question is, uh, there's money in this old technology, and they're not robber barons or whatever we call them of Wall Street are not willing to make the transition until they've gotten every dime they can get out of it, I I presume is their thinking. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They are right now squeezing blood out of that stone. Well, I do... Um, uh, not that we've left really the subject of uh, the Sioux tribe in the Dakotas and this victory. I do want to mention, and, and again, even if we have to go to break, we'll continue after, remind us of um, how active uh, PeopleDemandingAction.org, your organization, was involved in petitioning, quite literally, the president to intervene in the Dakotas pipeline situation 
in favor of the Sioux tribe and clean water. Um, and it was always our contention that because this was on federal land, President Obama had the ultimate and final say. And he had the ability, which he finally used yesterday, mm. to basically pull the easement and say, I am responding the comment, go put the pipeline somewhere else. And now, hopefully, we will eventually be able to totally defeat the pipeline so that these things do not exist because this is, again, like I said before, part of our hanging on to old, outmoded, outdated, dangerous, inefficient technologies mm. as opposed to dedicating ourselves to moving to new technologies. I'm sure back in the day there were a lot of people, well, again, the Amish, who still clung to the horse and buggy yeah. and never embraced the automobile. Well, that's true. We can look at, when we look at the Amish, we go, well, they're a very small group of people, and they're not a powerful group of people. They don't have lobbyists. So it's fine. We consider them quite a little different, but we can certainly respect their choice, mm. which is environmentally sound. Yes. Whereas when we're looking at these new robber barons, their choices are not environmentally sound, and they are forcing their bad choices to make money on the rest of us. Yes. Whereas it is us, the population, that should have the choice. What do we want to do for energy? Do we wish to move to the new technologies that will save us money and be safe and provide new job opportunities. No one is asking people. It is a few companies that are dictating what the United States of America will do. And That's wrong. And dictating it certainly to our Congress as well uh, and yes. governors of states. So. It, it's uh, it's not the land of the free if we don't get to say something about this and and the technology as you say the technology is there, uh, it uh, you know green energy renewable energy windmills all of that um, not windmills but wind towers, I I, I wonder I, I do wonder yeah and I I also um, and we we need to go to break but I also think the there is a, a tendency for people to be convinced that the, there are not jobs in renewable energy, but really there are. I mean, people, people have to make the solar panels, install the solar panels, build the wind towers, you know, get them where they need to be. Those are all jobs, and uh, probably, even though it's a new technology, it's the kind of work, manufacturing work, as well as construction work, that, that I think um, a lot of people... Uh, in the old energy would find a relatively easy transition because it involves the same kind of mindset. Am, am I oversimplifying it, do you think? Uh, well, not at all. Imagine retrofitting 
all the buildings in the United States for solar energy. Yes. Imagine the construction work that can't be sent overseas mm-hmm. that that would create. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Talk about jobs. Yes. I, I wish somehow that argument could be heard because... Uh, because it's being drowned out by money. But we're going to take a break. We'll pick this up when we come back on the other side. Stay with us. I am speaking with Andrea Miller. We're both excited about the great victory for our environment, clean water, specifically for the Sioux tribe in the Dakotas. But uh, it's really a victory for all of us because it's the correct step forward. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Andrea Miller, the founder of PeopleDemandingAction.org. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Andy Film Minute. The Holocaust is undeniably one of history's greatest horrors. One of many lessons to be learned is that an incomplete attempt to wipe out a learned, artistically inclined people will spawn a million powerful stories to keep the memories alive. Nowhere in Africa is one. The Redlich family lives in privilege in pre-war Germany. Fearing the rise of the Nazi party, Walter has fled to Africa, working as caretaker on a hard-scrabble Kenyan farm preparing a place for his family to weather the storm. He soon sends for his wife, Jettel, and daughter, Regina, cautioning them that life is hard. Bring a refrigerator and leave the fine china behind. Yet they arrive with a china-packed trunk and a fine ball gown purchased en route. This is a story of growth. Walter to a pride in himself, gentle to an understanding and appreciation of a larger world, and Regina into a young woman with a deep love for the people and culture of Africa. Based on an autobiographical novel, the story is told through Jettel's memories, conjuring extraordinarily sensitive insights into the human condition. Nowhere in Africa, not in theaters, discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. My guest today, Andrea Miller. We've talked about her and with her quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, She is the founder of PeopleDemandingAction.org. And if you really want to practice your citizenship and be a full citizen, you might want to visit PeopleDemandingAction.org and find out the things they're doing, which included, by the way, petitioning President Obama to stop the Dakota pipeline uh, over the Sioux tribe land uh, with the potential danger to their not only their sacred land but their clean water supply. I'm just curious. We're all very happy and excited, and and you know this is the kind of fight that never goes away. There are other pipelines. There are other corporate injustices. There's climate. I mean, you know. So Andrea and I are not stopping by any means, and certainly people demanding action is moving forward. But I wondered, in our elation, Andrea, can President-elect Donald Trump come in and reverse what President Obama has done? Well, um, I was thinking about that, and the answer is technically yes. Because, again, remember, the president rescinded the pipeline. The new president 
could say, well, I'm going to put the pipeline permit back. Mm-hmm. So what gets interesting, though, is what happens with the company that's supposed to be building the pipeline. Now, Energy Transport Partners, their financing guarantees basically said that will be flowing through the pipeline by January 1st. Mm. If it's not, contracts are automatically canceled null and void. Uh-huh. Now, President-elect will not be inaugurated until the 20th of January. Yes. So that means they are going to miss the January 1st deadline. Now, of course, when you go into building something like this pipeline, um, you are insured against certain things happening. They were insured against two things happening to the pipeline. Number one, act of God. Well, President Obama and God are not the same thing. This is not an act of God. The other thing they were insured against was rioting. So if you remember reading a lot of the articles that came out of mainstream media, mm-hmm. they were always talking about there were riots going on at the pipeline and these people were rioting. There was a very deliberate reason choice of their language. They were looking at, in the event this pipeline ends up being stopped, we're going to claim that they were stopped by writing so that the investors would be covered by insurance. Now, the stuff of the pipeline was based on the president pulling the permit. They're not insured for that. Well, then that will take a bite. On the one hand, it, it it certainly will sting, but on the other hand, it might ignite their uh, their desire for revenge. What 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 is? It, it, it might, but then again, they can't find through a neighborhood subdivision. Mm. So there are only certain places that that pipeline can go. We know it can't go on Indian land now. Mm-hmm. And we also know that people are going to be looking very, very hard on what the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers says about is there any waterway? I mean, all Americans, uh, Republican, Democrat, liberal, doesn't matter, um, independent, what you are, none of us want to be poisoned by our drinking water. Exactly. We, we all look askance at that. Don't want to be poisoned by our drinking water. I mean, look at the people in Flint. Yes. Nobody is interested in getting fossil fuel oil products. And again, remember, Tarzan is the dirty and the most toxic of all oil products in our drinking water. We just don't want it. Mm. So... Bismarck said no. Standing Rock said no. How many other communities are going to be embracing the notion of bringing this through their community? Mm-hmm. My guess is not a lot. Exactly. And again, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is a palatable power when it chooses to be. So it's not just president that's about to be out of office. 
it's an agency that is charged with protecting the environment, along with, as you said, the Department of Interior and others. So I'm looking forward to to what's going to come out of this. I think it's a, a, a great win, and I think power to the people, and tremendously grateful for people and like the organization, People Demanding Action. I wonder, speaking of power of the people, we'll slip right into the popular vote. How are the recounts uh, going? Can you give us any updates? I, I, I know Jill, Dr. Jill Stein and has uh, really pushed for this, and people have, uh, she's raised quite a bit of money. The recount is going on in, in Wisconsin, Michigan, and can you uh, update us on Pennsylvania? The What's happening? Are the numbers changing? It's getting yeah. exciting. This is <laughs> what a week we're having. <laughs>
panel for quick and wrong yes. as opposed to slow and correct. Yes. So again, why can't we have the presumed winner? Mm-hmm. And then we, we have the leader. And then we go back, we can't count all the ballots. Because remember, there are still absentee ballots that are coming in. Yes. There are the overseas ballots. There are still provisional ballots that have been challenged. So until all those are in, when we have an election with one candidate leading by two, um, it's almost two and a half million votes on the popular vote side. Don't we owe it to our citizens to make sure we hold it right? Spirits have instant replay where they can go back and take a look. This is a game. Mm. Is it democracy worth taking a second look? Yes, exactly. And if I understand this, uh, by counting, uh, you just said, by counting several big cities where it's more likely to see uh, more votes for Hillary Clinton, if that brings up the difference or brings down the difference between the two candidates, then the state, the entire state, has to have an automatic recount. That's what you said, yes? Right. I love that. Okay. Okay. Yes. It will no longer be Jill Stein or Hillary Clinton has to pay for it. It is on the state to settle this dispute. Again, I'm going to go to football. I'm positive a lot of your listeners love football. Yes. You know, when you've got the refs on the field, they can make a call. And you have your coaches who can throw down that little red flag and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. no. I object. We need to look at this again. Yes, yes. Shouldn't democracy have the same level of scrutiny as a football game? Exactly. Well, there are people who are beginning to get the message of... uh, organizations like yours, people demanding action. It may be a David and Goliath battle, but it's always been so. Uh, But the point is, there are victories, it seems to me. Are you encouraged by uh, our judicial potential? (laughs) Well, yes and no. What I'm really encouraged by, you spoke about David and Goliath. Yes. What I'm really encouraged by in this political arena, and the Tea Party showed us this. Yes. There are many Davids. Yes. It's not just one David. There are many Davids. Mm. So when we were looking at the Dakota Access Pipeline, we had, first of all, the tribes, the Standing Rock Sioux, saying, not on our land, you don't. That's right. Then you had all the other tribes, the First Nations, gathering together and writing a treaty saying, we will not have stands on Indian land. Mm. We say no. And all the Indians to 
Yes. We will not have this. So we started off with one David, and then suddenly there were a whole bunch of them falling in behind that one David. And then the now, veterans. And then the veterans who joined. I was I was really Yes. Then you started having organizations like People Demanding Action and yes. 350.org and other organizations coming in behind the Indians saying, you know, we must protect the water, food yes. and water watch. There was literally, to move on that board, so many organizations. And think of each one of those organizations as a little individual unit. Yes. thing I say, uh, everyone knows I'm not, I'm not overjoyed about uh, Trump's election, but the one thing I, I do believe that is a silver lining, it's a gold lining, is that um, when something like this happens, it wakes us up. It makes us, and, and I don't mean just Democrats, this, uh, uh, this whole thing about party affiliation is, uh, I mean people who really, really do want us to be a free society, who take it for granted and think someone else will always do the fighting. Suddenly, they wake up, and not, notwithstanding that more than two million people indeed voted for Hillary Clinton, I know that's a fact, but, but I mean, whatever happens with the recount, whatever happens on January 20th, I think Americans have been awakened to the possibility uh, that if we don't vote, if we don't petition, if we don't go to the Hill and, and lobby, we could lose this. Do, do you think that we've been awakened, all the Davids? Um, I think a lot of the Davids are up. There used to be an old saying where people, when they like weren't doing anything, they were expecting somebody else to do, yes. do it. Uh, remember the old saying, let George do it? Yes. All right, well, George died. Yeah. So now that George is dead and there is no George, mm. then I guess we're all going to have to stand up on our own. One of the new things that we're working on at People Demanding Action is we are bringing on a whole new tool set. And one of the items in that tool set will be the ability to let people call their elected officials and anybody. So, um, you know, if we can get the phone number, we can plug it into that tool, and then we can ask our readers, your listeners, whoever, X, Y, Z is happening. 
you and wow. we will pay for it. Oh my goodness. And you just tell them what you think because a lot of our members are older. And so they write to me and they tell me, my phone doesn't have long distance. I can't call Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. Or I, I only have so many minutes. I have to be very judicious when I use my minutes. And we're going, all right, you know what? We recognize so we're going to bring on a tool where we will make it possible for you to join in on these phone calls and call the people that are in power and tell them that you don't like what they're doing. Wow. That's quite an addition. And this is peopledemandingaction.org, yes? Excellent idea, and I wish you all the best with it, peopledemandingaction.org. I've followed Andrea Miller around the, uh, the Congress, and for those who don't know, Congress is in different buildings, and I, I've seen her deliver petitions, I've seen her engage in conversations, I've seen the, the top assistant, the office manager of the members of Congress come out and sit and talk and hear these grievances. That's a grassroots lobbyist. That's the responsibility of being a full citizen. If also that now PeopleDemandingAction.org can add this telephone service, well, that's the next best thing. Think of the, the numbers of calls, and I know I've been told by congressmen that they do respond because they, what they want more than anything else is to be reelected anyway. Let's let you take it out, Andrea. You have the last word. How do you want to leave us? What should we take away from this morning's conversation? The main thing we want to take away from this conversation is when we all stand up together, we are going to win. It doesn't matter who's president, doesn't matter who's in Congress, doesn't matter who's in the legislature. As you said, Marcello, people want to get elected over and over mm. and over again. And if all their constituents 
constituents are against something, which is what we saw with the KPP, yes. even though it was being pushed by a popular president yes. who was a Democrat, yes. there were enough people on both sides who really hated this idea, mm-hmm. and they eventually gave up and said, you know what, realistically, we just are not going to be able to do this now. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to give up on it forever. So again, remember, political battles won and lost are frequently temporary. Yes. They are going to regroup and come back at you again. Yes. So as long as we find people who agree with us on an issue, even people that you love, you don't agree with them on every issue. Mm-hmm. And we can come together and we can work together to push for the good stuff and defeat the bad stuff. We're going to be okay. Okay. Oh, you know what? Um, uh, give us, we'll end with peopledemandingaction.org, but what is that website you gave us last week? It was P-O-P? Uh, yeah. This is a website for people who want to see what members of Congress are doing mm. when they introduce bills, and you want to weigh in on those bills. Go to topvox.com. That's top. P is in Peter. O P is in Peter. V is in victory, O-X is in xylophone.com. Go to popbox.com, set up a free account, and then go and look at all of your favorite and then your least favorite members of Congress. <laughs> go and look up their bills and go, oh, I support that, and it will register that um, we have a person, I live in the Virginia 1st District, in the Virginia 1st District, who supports this, who opposes this. Now, I have to say, our Republican friends have been much better users of pop rocks mm-hmm. than people that tend to be Democrats, because on a lot of things that I know are very, very popular, when we go in and we look, either we don't see any support or we see a lot more opposition than support. We're going to have to really make a point of learning to use the tools and voicing both our support and our opposition. Absolutely. And now it is going to be very important when we support something to let people know, hey, this is a good thing, and you even have the ability to put in a comment and say why you think something is a good thing. And it could very well be that your comment make us someone who hadn't thought about it that yes, way yes. to reconsider their support. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. My guest today has been Andrea Miller, par excellence in all things political, founder of PeopleDemandingAction.org. Andrea, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show. You're a constant source of information and education, and we wish you all the very best. Bye now. You are very welcome. Thank you, Marcello. My pleasure. Bye now. Stay with us, as we'll be right back with a final comment from The Reasonable Voice.
Now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. It's hard to say why success happens in the music industry, but there is a town located where no one would ever expect that has produced exceptional amounts of extraordinary music. Music by the likes of Aretha Franklin, Jimmy Cliff, Etta James, the Rolling Stones, Bono, and a long list of other music legends. Why here? Some say the magic that sourced these hits comes from the mystical energy emanating from a river that flows nearby. It has been known from the time of the Native Americans as the Singing River. So maybe they are right. Others claim the music's stunning, colorblind successes, coming in a time when racism blotted the land, are irrevocably tied to the history of the famed studios in Muscle Shoals and the legendary producer Rick Hall. It was Hall's leadership forged by personal tragedy, a fiery temper, and a driving ambition that wrestled these elements into music that defined a generation. The documentary Muscle Shoals is an extraordinary walk through American music history, presented with just the right mix of local beauty, historical remembrance, and the awe of some of our greatest performers who made their own pilgrimages to this out-of-the-way Alabama backwater town and recorded their greatest hits. Muscle Shoals, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Find us on the web at indiefilmminute.com. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us in becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Encore. Thinking from Pearl Harbor to Standing Rock to Times Person of the Year, Donald Trump. At least since Presidents John Adams and Jefferson, politicians and business owners have lied us into wars, both foreign and domestic. But slicing through reality with an AR-15-style assault rifle, brandished by a 28-year-old on a self-investigative mission, aided and abetted by a president-elect social media tweeting supporter and his generally pedophilia-obsessed father, what could possibly go wrong? Seventy-five years ago, Europe, not our problem Americans, were bombed into a superpower— home of the brave, armored in self-appointed responsibility, the greatest generation, a global defense to protect the world from all who would dominate it, except, of course, we ourselves. Seventy-five years later, conservatives holding their truth of their intentions close to their chests retrograded America to the right side of isolationism. Consumed by the desire for simplicity, Simple solutions to compounded personal interests manipulated by a military-industrial complex misdirecting us with government is the problem. We now gasp for truth, mistaking affirmation for information, nearly drowning in a post-Bush-Cheney-Wall-Street-Tea-Stained recession, thinking failed to kick in to stop a Coke-Alec GOP, Chris Jankowski, red-mapped Trumped land. Nonetheless, hope is just a Trump overreach away, unity at the end of a short-sighted Republican tunnel, and even perhaps 2020 civility on the horizon, as soon as we start rethinking our own thoughts about how we think for and beyond ourselves.
This is our opportunity to reignite collective reasoning to eliminate the fake news we've ingested and, with gratitude, embrace the chance to redefine ourselves progressive and thoughtful enough to welcome back those feeling forgotten when the realization they've been used by the very establishment on which they depend and abhor reveals its maniacal dismissal of our shared economic and health care concerns. Donald Trump is hardly the first misogynistic bigot we've elected to the presidency, though he may be the first to openly tweet Islamophobia as a national policy. He's certainly not the first potential 1600 groping inhabitant to be gay about being openly homophobic. Nor is he alone in presidential inner circles of crude, and though grossly internationally inept, our attention must be paid to the increase in clueless governors and members of Congress on the take. As history has proven, finding or creating an enemy to identify as the cause of all our problems is an easy but essential tool for the powerful to pizzagate the populist populists into believing in their powerlessness so they fall in line following the loudest trumpeter of disharmony. To the party that long ago replaced its allegiance to Lincoln with affirmations of intolerance and inciting extremism with misinformation, let us offer reason. It's not only bigotry and hypocrisy that drive the underbelly of humanity's faceless and infamous antagonists casting long shadows over human progress. It's the lies we tell ourselves, like our success and prosperity require others to live in poverty. People of color are destroying our white culture. Earning a degree equates to being liberal elitists. Or the worst lie of all that we tell ourselves, Wall Street hedge fund, oil and gas pipeline, and banking CEOs who caused international economic collapse and our great recession care anything about Americans wearing any collar color. Think about it. Our inner cities are not inhabited by only poor people of color. The burden of student loan and credit card debt is color-blind and impacts our international reputation, sense of national self and confidence levels of all American tints and hues. And unlike Flint, government and people power have spared the Dakota Sioux tribe and its clean water. America is neither sitcom nor reality show. So while it's arguably true that Trump embarrasses us all, the difference is those who either voted for him or not at all gave him permission. We need to start thinking about how we've been marketed to think. Because in a global role where the world has taken us seriously, the highest office in the land must be rational enough to be taken literally. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Dot com website. 
Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.